What's up, guys? It's David Hess from the Rising Above podcast. Have you ever thought or dreamed about starting a podcast? Well, look no further. Anchor has all the tools necessary to record a podcast from your computer or phone. You heard that right. They make it so simple. When you host your podcast on Anchor, they will distribute your podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Honestly, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, which is why I host on Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. This episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one Earth. All right, welcome to the Rising Above podcast. My name is David Hess, and today I have... I'm sorry. Is it Mila? Mm-hmm. I have Mila and um, Tori Gray. Tori Gray with mm-hmm. me. They are both artists. I would say local, but Tori's from Detroit. Am I right? Yes, sir. Yeah, Detroit. Nice. And you drove all the way down here for yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I'm out here uh, quite often, actually. As of uh, like since last last summer, I've been um been out back and forth. So, so what brings you to Lansing? um this <laughs> uh just trying to promote inktober trying to uh you know we putting a lot of work in so at the end of the day it's a challenge to uh to push our creativity but also it's like it's a lot of work and uh we want to make sure that other people are receiving it and it's not just you know spinning the wheels so i've heard a lot about inktober um can you explain what that is i, I really don't know what it is other than it's a artistic thing <laughs> yeah so you want to yeah. yeah so basically inktober is this thing that the artistic community has kind of picked up um it was created by jake parker who is like a new york times uh celebrated illustrator oh, okay. and he basically like releases prompts every first of september and then those words are used like for each day of october so there's 31 words and those are just like you know in school maybe we're given writing prompts so mm-hmm. these are words that are like creative prompts and you know historically it's always been done with art like visual arts and people get ink pens and it's like inktober so you do inking um but this year well actually last year I decided to invite Tori along so that he could do the music for my time lapse and I was like oh I want people to engage with it all month long and I want to show people how I'm creating Mm. but I don't want my videos to keep getting muted because all the the music I listen to I don't have copyrights for right so I was like well if you if you do it like what if you create based on the word prompt too and last year we tried it and it was a lot of fun yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot, lot of fun, lot but of a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, work hard, play hard. Work, yeah. work hard, play hard. So, are you from Lansing? Yeah, originally I'm from Lansing, okay. but I just came back at the um like the beginning of COVID last year. So Where'd you go? I was overseas. I was in London. Oh, oh wow! Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. so, because of COVID, you came back, or? Uh, so my visa was expiring, anyways. But yeah, I came back, and I was planning to go back to Florida because that's where I was living prior to going over there. Where at? Um, in Miami, and then a little okay. bit in Tampa. I, I grew up in West Palm Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, then, yeah, when I got here, I was like, oh, I'll spend some time with my parents. And then the world shut down. So, like, literally two <laughs> weeks into being home. And I was like, wow. oh, okay. <laughs> so. so, how did you get involved with the uh, Opportunity Arts and all of that? I hunted Mike Marriott down. <laughs> I, I, like, literally, I came home. I came off the plane. I went to a business networking thing. And I was like, I'm an artist. And somebody was like, I don't know who you should talk to here, but you definitely need to know who Mike Marriott is. I went to another meeting. Mike and me were actually in the same room together. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> didn't speak to him. Like, he didn't speak to me. And then um, I ended up scheduling, like, a call with him, and I talked to him later on. And he was like, oh, yeah, I was at that thing. And he was like, I think, yeah, you were there, too. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Looking for you for weeks. <laughs> and then it was, we were already in isolation. So I'm like, literally, I think our first phone call, we were on the phone for like three hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, well, as soon as we get out of this place, we need to do some work. <laughs> Who talked most of the time? Was it Mike or you? Oh, no. We, I, think it, I think it was balanced out. <laughs> yeah, they, they both are like equally yoked when it comes to uh, chatting it up, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, he uh, was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he just kept apologizing because we went like, I think, an hour and a half and he's like i'm really sorry i'm really sorry <laughs> i'm like no worries man i asked him yeah i was like mike how long do you think it will go and he was like well it could go up to like an hour an hour and a half and I'm, i didn't think that he meant because that's how long he could go for <laughs> yeah no he just kept on talking uh, mike's a great guy though he's like i like mike yeah very driven yeah um, yeah knowledgeable of uh what he's doing and um trying to help help the city out while also you know being a pioneer of his own shit so well yeah. he has the experience too mm -hmm. which you know is very helpful to up-and-coming artists and mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, so you guys are promoting Inktober. Um, is there a specific artwork that you guys are promoting that you've done? Uh, yes, my artwork. <laughs> Your artwork. So yeah. each day I draw a new piece. Um, so that's what we're promoting. So during the day, like in the mornings. What was I, today? So today was roof. That was the word. So like R-O-O-F. Yeah. <laughs> He's taking a roof like a dog. I'm taking a roof like a house. <laughs> I was thinking roof like a roofie. Oh, oh no. Oh, yeah. Not that one. Not that one. I don't know about a picture of that. That might be a little rough. <laughs> but um, so I, yeah, so in the mornings I'll create the piece. I don't usually do them ahead of time. And then by the time 3 o'clock comes, like I have the time lapse all worked out and we post at 3 with Tori's music over it. Mm -hmm. And then um, at 8 p.m. at night, we release the piece for sale so i just post it i post a description about like why i chose to create the stuff that i created or you know depicted the way i chose to depict it and then it's like whoever comments first has the opportunity to buy it and so far we've sold everything this month except for one piece wow and mm -hmm. yeah for 125 last year we did them for a hundred dollars oh. and a i was piece. like yeah, I was like, let's raise the uh -huh. price this year because it's a lot of work, you know, and, yeah. and like we're sharing the profit from it, you know, because Tori's still doing work as well, even though like right. you can't necessarily like buy the song the same way you can just buy the art. Right. So um, we were like, we both need to make sure that we can yep. get something from this. Yeah, so I'm just helping out on the marketing end, uh, essentially. But what's really cool about it is that like um, last year we did a lot of, uh, you know, we did 30, 32 pieces. So I had a snippet of a song for every piece that I would make, like literally like day by day. Uh, I'm, I'm a producer as well. Oh, cool. So, but like, yeah, some, as like the year went on, like past October, uh, some of those songs, a few, a few of those songs became like full songs that are on streaming platforms and all of that. So really, yeah. So like the artwork that she created for that prompt, um, ended up becoming the cover art for the song that I made 
and so somebody has like that original cover art like in their house on their wall or something wow. like that which is pretty dope to me so that is pretty cool mm. yeah wow so um you're selling the actual artwork it's not like an nf or nft or whatever it's called no yeah <laughs> nope. and everybody's like oh you should mila you should turn them into nfts and it's like that's a whole learning curve yeah and mm-hmm. i'm like we're already knee deep in this <laughs> so potentially you know looking for like next year um because we're if we do it, we were talking, people were like, oh, what are you going to do next year? And I'm like, oh, sorry, we can't just keep doing this every year. We got to innovate it. Yeah. I'm thinking like, oh, that might be another way to innovate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean. What what exactly is an NFT? And NFT stands for like non-fungible, <laughs> I don't know. So like, basically, it's digital artwork that has contracts associated with it. So like when you create an NFT, it's already copyrighted, if I'm understanding correctly. So, so you it, own the original. Yeah, exactly. And you can sell that, right? Um, and then if you sell that, like, you can set it up where you have a contract in it that you collect royalties. So, right, like, normally after I sell, like, a physical piece of artwork, if the collector or the buyer chooses to resell it at another time, I'm not getting paid off of that again. Like, And oh, you'll have okay. people who discover artists, right? Like, if somebody goes and buys one of my prints for $150 and then they're, they have a name associated with them and they put it out there, and all of a sudden they're able to go turn around and sell my piece for $10,000. Right. I'm not getting paid any of that money. Right. But, I mean, I guess now, like, I can be like, oh, one of my pieces sold this, but I didn't get paid that. So <laughs> but your next piece that you sell might go for that, right? right? Right, right. But so you can put in smart contracts that will say, like, I'm collecting, you know, however much of a royalty you want to put onto that. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. What kind of music do you produce? So I'll, um, I mainly work with hip-hop Um but the the cool thing about hip hop is like you know it started in New York and it's like it kind of embodies um, the the melting pot that uh, or the salad bowl some would say that America is. So I, I I inspire I'm inspired from like all genres. I take from all genres. Um, but yeah, hip hop. So uh, I I enjoy like the neo soul, uh, jazzy type type. Okay. Um, yeah, like soulful soulful Ooh. music. Cool, and you you applied that to the artwork that you guys did. You said right. Yeah. So the, so how it works or the is the artwork that you're doing. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll make I'll make the track, put the lyrics over it, shoot it to her. She puts the lyrics over a time lapse of her creating the artwork, and we put that out at 3 p.m. every day. Is there a website that you guys are doing this on? So social media just, just on Instagram. Okay. So I do have a website that functions perfectly fine, but it's just. Um, you know, the benefit to doing it on Instagram is you might find other people that, like, if people share the artwork, right? right? Like, not all of my, not everybody who sees it every single day is like, oh, I want it, right? But there's right. a lot of people who like pieces and they share it for us. And then we have new people that are introduced to it. Mm-hmm. And even this year, I think all except for three of them or four of them are first time buyers. Like, I mean, first time buyers for me. And then also some of them have told me like it's their first piece of artwork just wow. in general. Hmm. So that's, yeah. I, that's always like an I exciting process. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's crazy. Cause that's cool. you know, um, I give out like certificates of authenticity with my artwork and like, it's all done in a very proper way. So like when people get that, it's like, Oh, okay. This is not just like, cool. not just drawing us, you know, it's not just a little sketch from me. Right. Like, it's so, yeah as valuable you know what i mean i take the time with it. are you doing this on canvas what are you doing it on um on uh it's like mixed media paper so okay. it's meant for like watercolor paint ink graphite is that the style you go for is mixed media uh outside of inktober 
no, not really. Like I, I usually like kind of separate my mediums. Like I do uh, a lot of collage work as well as I do a lot of painting. Okay. And I don't necessarily like mix those things. I have a couple of times, but I don't know. I just like to be able to like bounce around because I get bored mm. really easily. <laughs> so it's nice to come and doing Tober because I'm not an inking artist. Okay. So I don't really outside of last year, I haven't done inking projects. Like I just... So would you say that by doing Inktober, you're kind of stepping out of your comfort zone? Yeah, but also I feel like I'm kind of stepping back to my roots, right? Because like when you're a kid and you draw with pencil or you draw with pen, it's just right. like you don't, I don't think that people see that necessarily as like a fine art that's usually tied to like illustrators and things. Mm. So this lets me know like, okay, there's a lot of things that you need to work on just technique wise <laughs> or you don't understand the structure of different things. So during this point in time, I can play around with like shapes and play around with like, you know, body anatomy and different things that um, I don't necessarily spend time focusing on because like I didn't go to art school. So I didn't sit down and like study human anatomy mm -hmm. for a set of days or study um, shadows and things like everything outside right. of high school and middle school was self-taught. So wow. How long have you been doing art since middle school, high school? Uh, so full time since 2018, and I um, I was doing like bottle service and some marketing things. Before full time. That. Yeah. So yeah. making money. Yeah. Since you were 18. No, no, no. 2018. Oh, 2018. Okay, <laughs> <No>. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> no, no. Since 2018, and even like the first maybe year or so, like I wasn't really making money, but I had enough savings that it was like okay we're making ends meet so um yeah it's, it's been a whole like growing journey was it you that mike was telling me about um that had uh, artwork at art prize mm -hmm. what did you put in art prize so i have my black is king collection and those are a bunch of different figures from the black community that are on playing cards so there's like a king of hearts and a queen of diamonds and a king of spades and so like all of those but just specifically the king and queens and they're big 30 by 40 pieces that are framed in gold and wow. they have like a bunch of colors splashed on the faces because i wanted them to still you know have like an abstract feel to them none of them have pupils um i just wanted them to like reflect positivity and happiness and all of these things that are not reflected as like our, of our people when we're in the news and media even times in entertainment like we're usually the villain right mm -hmm. so i just i literally wanted to paint us in a different light <laughs> well that's pretty cool and they was they were amazing like yeah. a, lot, a lot of people seen them like on instagram like she has a decent following but like everybody that seen them on instagram that came out to see them in person it's just like it's a different thing like it's like the pieces are like quite big, you know. So you you looking at uh, there's like eight of them, right? That you had mm -hmm. up there. Who did you? Who who were all of them? Sorry. No, no. Like. Oh, um. So there was uh the Obamas, so Barack and Michelle, Kobe Bryant, Kamala Harris, Trayvon Martin, Breonna Taylor, mm -hmm. Malcolm X, and then Rosa Parks. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Have you gotten any recognition for it? at all um, other than it going to art prize i mean going to art prize no i mean just like in my own I'm, i was in the news in february when i did them uh but not like specifically for many of those people brianna taylor's aunt came out one day because wow. she's actually from grand rapids wow so um and she was telling me about how they have like 
her mom has like a whole room just filled with like Brianna Taylor artwork because so many people. I was going to say you should donate them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They have like a whole thing. And she was like, even with that, like the family has split up artwork all over places. But, um, I just talked to her and I was like, you know, you're like the first person that's associated, associated with any of these people. And like, do you feel okay with this? You know? And I explained to her like why I chose to do certain things and that like, you know, certain stuff was reserved for like respect for that person. And, she didn't, you know what I mean? She said she liked the piece and she thought that I painted her accurately and there was like, I didn't get any negativity from it. So, and you weren't trying to go for like a, a portrait, right? It was like, it was abstract. So well, they were portraits, but they were abstract in the sense of like having the colors spread about in different ways. And then they, I told you they don't have pupils. So I left mm-hmm. like a barrier between the viewer and the person that they're meant to embody. So like, you know who they are. I mean, and I mean, some people I still had to tell who they were, but like Mm -hmm. you get an idea of who they are, but they're not necessarily the people, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah. How long is art prize going on for? Art prize was the 16th of September until October 3rd. It's Mm -hmm. over now. Mm. That sucks. Pieces are in my studio now. (laughs) (laughs) How did you meet Mike? How did I meet Mike? Uh, I think he just reached out to me uh, through email Sweet. and, uh, wanted to, have autumn on autumn hopkins okay, okay. so yeah. she came on she's cool yeah mm-hmm. um so like how long you've been doing the podcast for like since january since january yeah nice is it something like you had wanted to do for a long time but didn't had a time and you made time because the pandemic or was it just like i'm being interviewed now <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm just curious no you know, no no everybody yeah. asks that question uh-huh. so I actually wanted to find a way to tell my story Mm. and I never really knew how, like I always wanted to write a book. Everybody wants to write a book, but nobody ever has time to do so. And and so, and I I work a lot. So I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for that. I have Mm. kids and whatnot. So, um, I really don't know how I came about. I'm like, I should have started a podcast. Mm. Like that way I can help other people tell their story too. I can tell mine and then have other people on. So it kind of started off with me wanting to um, interview people who, like, were in the foster care system or had gone through, like, some extreme abuse situations and mm. had overcome. Shit. And then it kind of just turned into me talking to, like, small business owners here in town. And, Sweet. Um, because COVID, like, took a, a huge toll on businesses. Right. You know, right. so... I felt that they they needed to be represented also. And so um, it just kind of, I don't know, I got laid off. So I just started interviewing all these local business owners. And yeah. I don't know, it just came what it is. That's cool, man. I, yeah. I always go back to this quote. It's like, uh, the best way to get better at doing something you love is to help other people do it too. Mm. So that's, that's dope that you came about it that way. It's like, I got a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Let me give a platform and tell my story, but also have other people come and tell their story. That's dope. Right. Absolutely. I mean, because I've reached out to because. All right. So when I a couple of years ago, I found my dad through 23andMe, Mm. my biological dad. Oh, shit. And I actually found my cousin and then she helped me find my dad. Mm. Well, she she contacted somebody at 23andMe and told them our story. And they're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Let's uh, let's help you tell your story. We want to like promote you on like local news platforms and stuff hey okay it never happened no and i'm like what the heck like i feel like our story is like pretty awesome i Mm. think you know a lot of people would be inspired to hear it Mm. and nothing ever came of it so then Mm. i think that's when i started thinking about like you know how many people does that happen to like so so many people that i know have stories that need to be told or should be told 
but they have no way of sharing. So, yeah. so you yeah. know, through something like this, anybody can come on and just kind of talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, the setup is legit, man. I like, want it to be. This feels like very, <laughs> very professional. I appreciate your uh, professionalism. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I see, I see a parallel too. I'm also a business owner, so it's like. I um I come from a city where like the style of hip hop that I do is not really was popular. So instead of waiting for like the right people to find me, I kind of did something similar. I just started a um a business, Define Detroit, which is more like a a creative uh, uh collective type of thing. So um you know I just started reaching out to artists and we, we put out a project and I kind of just got sucked into the whole music thing. So how long ago did you start? uh start with music or the business the business uh the business was 20 uh it was 20, 2018 wow yeah so yeah. <laughs> yeah yep yep i got it i got it going i got my llc uh just doing like uh uh cover art because i was going to college for uh, graphic design advertising wow. design so i was doing like cover art for artists and um i was doing like t-shirts and you know selling merchandise for for the music I was making and, and stuff like that, so yeah, it's it's been a been a process. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet. how many artists do you work with? Um, <laughs> all, <laughs> all of it's them. Always <laughs> you said what? It's always changing. It's not. Yeah, I mean, current. So like, what's cool about the whole Inktober thing that we're working on is like last year, um, I I bodied it by myself. I was like, I'm all I got right now. You know, <laughs> I'm just do what I what I can, what I have this year. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, artists make appearances on on our project. So, like, oh, wow. even from the very beginning, we did, like, a podcast, something similar to this, uh, with our friend uh, Pity Sin, who is also, like, an artist, but he, he wants to get into interviewing and stuff like that. Oh, cool. And so um, we just did a podcast with him kind of talking about what, what was going to happen and how we were going to roll it out. And then we're using that content that we got from that throughout the month to kind of just, you know, have other stuff to post, or sometimes we post it with the song and the artwork. Right. Um, beyond that, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Lali Mariah. Uh, she's a beautiful and uh, talented uh, R&B singer from from Detroit. Um, Meech is a hip-hop artist. Uh, Soulful Poetry is going to be a part of the project. We haven't put it out yet. Uh, Rue Anarchy is another Detroit artist. Uh, He's on today's. Yeah, he was on today's. <laughs> mm. Uh he's he's That's a character, cool. man, like full of life, crazy personality. Real <laughs> real genuine dude. Uh who am I missing? Let's see. Sema, KT. Oh yeah, Sema, yeah, Sema and KT. Yeah. So Sema uh Malik. Yes, yeah, no, from Lansing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know Sema. I know Sema. I, what? I, inter- I interviewed Sema. What? Yeah, and then she backed out. Oh, <laughs> oh she backed out. Yeah, she backed out. She, Shots yeah. fired, Sema. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I liked her. She had a really good story. Yeah, um, it's yeah. just she didn't quite tell it the way she wanted it told. Mm. So I agreed not to post it. I got you. So um, yeah. she actually wants to come back and do it, redo mm. it. Better hurry so. up because she's leaving for Turkey. <laughs> We're going I, to her going away. Party. Oh really? When's yeah, that? Tonight. tonight. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. When's yeah. she going? I don't know when she's actually leaving though. I I don't want to tell her all her business, but um, <laughs> but she I think she she's cool. She's full of life. Uh, I know you know she like the rest of us. We we all got our our challenges and um, but I think she pushes herself to to be more of who she is. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm like I'm not too worried about her. You know she's gonna be all right. She's she's cool. She read a poem at the end of an epi- the episode that we did, mm. and I was like over here just like whoa. Yeah, 
She's yeah. like, I wrote that when I was driving. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I write a lot. I write a lot of my stuff when I'm driving too. Do I you? Don't know, yeah, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> yeah, I, like, yeah, I feel like I come up with good ideas then too. I like zone out, and I'm like, it's uh-huh. probably not safe. <laughs> <laughs> I zone out and just I'm blank. No. I, don't, I don't think about anything. Like, so, sometimes I do that, but I don't know. It's something about like uh, uh like monotonous tasks where it's like mm-hmm. a, a certain type of creative energy that comes from me. Like I just be sitting there. Or if I'm like uh, at work, just kind of doing the same thing, I don't have to think about what I'm doing. So like my mind right. is like thinking about a whole bunch of other stuff that I wouldn't normally think about because I'm usually doing something like music where I'm thinking about that mm-hmm. one thing yep. in that one space. So, um, but yeah, I can I can contest to that because I work on an assembly line. Yeah. So it's the same thing all day long. Yeah. And so like I'm constantly thinking about how can I innovate the podcast? Man, like, how right, can I, right, how, what can right. I, what kind of shirt can I make? Like, yeah. While your body is just muscle muscle memory, just yeah. doing what you got to do. Yeah. Your brain can be <laughs> completely somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. For real, yeah. Like ten cars later, I'm like, crap, did I do those cars? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I'm all too familiar with that, man. <laughs> yep. Um, how long have you been doing music? So, uh, the first instrument I played was the baritone. Mm. Um, that's interesting. Th- yeah. <laughs> I was a, I was a band kid. Me too. Uh, oh, where, what you play? Uh, trumpet. Hey, okay. All yeah. right. So brass. Yeah. 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 So then moving on to the tuba, uh, in high school, uh, I was in marching band. Uh, then I dropped out of marching band cause I was doing basketball and but i picked up the piano so um i I was doing like symphonic tuba and then piano like piano lessons on my own time and um i didn't start doing like hip-hop like writing and producing until my second year of college so i was like i was like 20. where'd you go to college uh i went at first i went to henry ford uh henry ford college in dearborn and then i went to uh, ccs Mm. college for creative studies uh downtown detroit okay Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and I'm actually uh, a a first responder as well. Wow! So my first deployment uh, <laughs> is when I first started acquiring like equipment and like started tinkering around. Like I got a laptop, I got GarageBand, mm-hmm. and I'd be like in the tent, like because I worked um I worked midnights, so on my off days I would just like go wake up, go to a tent, set my little setup up, which was like nothing like this, <laughs> but um I would just record. And you you could hear like airplanes flying in the background and shit. It was terrible. Oh my but, god! <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but that's that's where it got started though. And um, it's cool, man. Actually, some people that I was deployed with actually reached out to me the other day. It's like for them, it's like they got front row tickets to see the growth to how mm-hmm. like you know you know how the process is, right? Oh, like, yeah. like when you start off a passion, it's just like it's just a passion. You don't really know much about it. Yeah. But then as it goes on, you you start finding you know your pocket your lane mm-hmm. um the the places where you need to push yourself at and you know the bigger picture starts to unravel itself so the process is beautiful too isn't it mm-hmm. because like a lot of people like they want to they'll, they'll see like a music producer and they're like oh, i yeah. want to be like him i yeah. want to produce music <laughs> yeah. but they don't realize what it takes to get there Man. and you know by you starting at the bottom and kind of working your way up and mm-hmm. it makes you appreciate your live feed end Oh. No, it's not. I'm gonna <laughs> show like, No battery. <laughs> My phone's about to die, but. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, what is Mercedes? Huh? Hey, Mercedes. Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, um, yeah, it's a hell of a process, bro. Hell, yeah. Hell of a process. Makes you appreciate it more. Uh huh. But I feel like that's the same with Inktober, cause yeah. I had a uh, uh, one of my 
like fellow artist who's real cool in town named Ryan Holmes. He came into the shop the other day when I was hanging up a piece, and he's like, so Mila, how many ahead are you? And I was like, Ryan, I'm not ahead at all. It's like, I do this every day. And he's like, uh, you know, <laughs> he like couldn't grasp it. And last year, like, we even had somebody come up to us like, oh, you know, guys, I see what you do. Like, I just, I get busy, and I get caught up in things, and I go home. He's like, but you know what? The rest of the month, I'm going to do it. They didn't. But <laughs> it was just Ooh. funny because I think that people – like, I don't know, stuff looks when you just see the final product, right? Mm -hmm. It looks really easy. Yeah. But like when you realize that people are getting up at six in the morning and staying up all these hours just yeah. and then and then like even the video editing. Right. So like cut yeah. out actually creating the artwork, then right. the content, like the creation of the content. I told him, I was like, these last couple, this is like the fastest month the month has ever <laughs> gone by. Because I tell him, as soon as we finish the artwork, I feel like we post a video. And then once yeah. we post a video, it's like we eat, and then it's time to post the artwork <laughs> to like, sell. Like, literally, like, I finished the one for today, this morning. Like, I spent all day, it's just weird, like, with ideas. Like, sometimes shit just come to you, and then sometimes you literally just... Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, for, like, hours. And it's like, fuck. Like, and then, and then all of a sudden, like, you'll, you'll have something that sparks an idea, and then... You just you just attack it, and it's something about the pressure too that that makes for a lot of good product productivity. So, are you creating music that has words with mm -hmm. it? Yeah, lyrics. Yeah. So, it, it, are the lyrics um, are they geared towards the photo or whatever mm -hmm. she drew? Yeah. Well, yeah. towards a word. Tor towards. Because sometimes towards we word. don't always have the same interpretation. Of I want to I want to see an example of this. Do you guys have hey. an example? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll show you the um, the time lapse from today. Should mm -hmm. I write? <laughs> hmm? I said, should I write? Yeah. So you, you have a shop, you said? Uh, so I have a studio and then I have a website. Hmm. Where's your studio at? The studio is upstairs at Reach Art Center right now. So that's hmm. like just, like it's still Rio Tama. It's a little okay. bit further away. Okay. Um, Like it's just further down on Washington. But I used to go there as a kid. And then um, when I came back, they asked me to join their board. And I was like, yeah, I'll join the board. And then in January, I was trying really hard to find a studio. And, like, you know, Lansing, although there's a lot of creative people, mm -hmm. there's not, like, art studios right. everywhere. Yeah. And so I ended up approaching them and saying, like, hey, the center's closed right now. Like, what if I come in and I'll swap out artwork in the windows and it will just, like, bring life, you know, right. to there. And then, like, hopefully I can teach classes once things come back. And so I came in in February. And then we extended once. And then I was supposed to move out in August, but with prep for Art Prize, I asked them if I could just like stay and lease. So I'm supposed to leave next month because normally I go to Florida for the rest of the year. But uh, <laughs> we'll see how all of that goes. But yeah, okay, so let me show you. It started from the beginning. Oh, wait, can you hear it? Oh, it's not playing that fine. Over to that restroom. So are those clouds? So, uh, wait. Well, hold on. There you go. Shall we wait for it? <laughs> 
That, and that was his the guy he said mm-hmm. wow yeah so actually um it's water so oh, okay like i didn't have any idea how to approach roof right because it's just like i don't know i'm not what? a fucking carpenter like i don't know <laughs> what i want to do with the word roof i told him this year you know like last year when we went through the words it was like i was excited about all the words and i don't know if it was just because it's like my first time doing it right but then we got the words this year and i was kind of like i don't know like, I just, I didn't feel, like, super inspired when we ran through the whole list. But then, um, today, when I was, like, waking up, and I was, like, thinking, I'm, like, what am I going to do for this? What am I going to do for this? It's, like, when's the only time that you've ever seen, like, a ton of roofs? And aside from, like, being in the airplane, right? And then they're so, like, minuscule. It's, mm-hmm. like, oh, when Hurricane Katrina happened. I mm. remember seeing all the videos of, like, people sitting on the roofs, like, waiting for help. And so, then when he, he had sent me the song earlier today, and I was listening to it, and it was just talking about, like, breaking barriers and stereotypes and all of these things. And I was like, oh, if that was so simple as just being able to float away or, like, float through them. Um, so I, that's when I came up with, like, all the little kids, like, floating on balloons. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so the idea of October, or Inktober, I'm sorry, uh, was started by somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys kind of added a whole new element by putting music with it, yeah, right? exactly. That's insane. Yeah, so, um, and, you know, I, I really wanted to do that one because, like, I work so closely with music, right? Like, I mm-hmm. create, I listen to music all day long. Mm-hmm. I can't, can't do most things without listening to music. <laughs> right. So then, uh, last year, me and Tori met when I was painting a mural downtown, and he was like, oh, I do music, and, you know, I hear that all the time, so I was like, okay. <laughs> but then I listened, I was like, oh, oh. He's a wannabe artist. She doubted me, man. She doubted me. She did. He must have, I can't remember whether he sent me a link because he was, like, releasing this piece that was, like, about keys, mask. Well, I don't remember. It was, it was something. Yeah, yeah. Wallet, but he, wallet, he, keys, phone, mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think you had asked me. He made his own cover art, so he had, like, asked me what I thought about it. And then I think he sent me, once he, like, dropped it, he sent me. It, and I was like, oh, he's actually talented. You know what I mean? And yep. I'm not, you know, not to say that, like, when people approach me and say stuff, but there's so many people who either, like, want to do stuff or mm-hmm. whatever. And I just, I really pride myself on not never not necessarily giving people the attention until I see the follow through in it. Mm-hmm. Like, people tell me all day what they want to do, but do they yeah. actually do it? Right. I don't really have time to be like, oh, I half-assed this. Right. So when I saw, I was like, yo, your voice sounds good on the track. And then, like, the beats are amazing, too. <laughs> and then we, I asked him to come along, and I had a live painting session. So I was like, what if you just, like, make beats or, like, do something while I paint? And we did that, and that was cool. And then I started thinking about the Inktober thing. And I was like, oh. Okay. I was like, if you're going to do it, like, you got to do it, though. <laughs> like, you can't, yeah, you, you can't not do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to the, to the question you asked her earlier, I was thinking in my head, you asked her uh, if it's, if it was out of her comfort zone. Mm. And for <laughs> me, like that, when she asked me to do it, it's definitely something that was out of my comfort zone. Cause I'm, I'm the type of artist where like, I'll put like, you know, a project out like once or twice a year and I oh, like, wow. I like disappear. So like okay. to come out and just like start because like, you're you're perfecting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get deep into it. I want to perfect it, and then it always gets to the point where it's like, okay, I can't. I you can't can be do. a little recluse too. Don't. don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really go outside too much. <laughs> so, but but it got it's just like for me to come out and start creating like publicly. Like I made this yesterday. Here it is. Take it. Like for what it like and you know like it's it's a lot of like pressure that came with that so yeah because i would imagine like uh, like for me like i i i watch a podcast after i'll do it. i'm like why did mm. i say that it's stupid <laughs> i should edit that yeah, out yeah. but like i'm sure with you like it's not perfect when mm. you release it right uh 
it depends. Like sometimes, like I'm growing as an artist, right? So like okay. I know when I'm hitting my pocket. Mm. Like I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say anything is perfect, but like, like to your to your standards, yeah, it's to your standards, yeah, when you right, it. right, to my standards. Like it was a song that we did last year, where it's like the first verse pretty much stayed the same when I finished the song. I just added a whole like like second third part of the song to mm. it, but like the first part was solid, and that's the part that I made in like a day for her to use. So. But that's like a, that's like a gym, and you know, like a, it's like a dot out of thirty one, right? Yeah, out of out of thirty one, <laughs> like maybe like five or six of them are like ready to go, but wow. but the uh, the rest like might need some work, or I might like you know mix and match the pieces with other projects and stuff. But uh, but yeah, definitely out of my comfort zone. But I'm just I'm just super glad and grateful that she asked me to do it because like it pushed me to just to to be better because I never did it, so I wouldn't know and I could do it unless I did it. That's the only way to know. Do you think that, um, because you said that you only put out a couple pieces a year, a couple songs uh, a year, do you think uh, by doing something like this, it'll help you produce more and just kind of let go of the perfection side of it? Uh, Yes and no. Like, it definitely made me, uh, help me produce more. But I think, like, I don't like to oversaturate the market Mm. with, with, like, the music that, the type of music I make. Like, I make, I put a lot of thought into my lyrics everything is meaningful even if it's like something that's kind of catchy like is meaning to it so i don't i feel like uh it's like the music i make is timeless in a way where i don't need to be putting new stuff out um more than a few times a year how many songs do you have out uh so i had the define detroit project which i did under my business when i was reaching out to other artists in, in detroit um and that's like seven songs uh, then I have uh, the personal project that I released last year. It's called As I Am. Mm. Last year, this year. This year. Oh I, I was like, wait, what? In- October. I don't even know what day it is. It's been a long month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A few months ago, I released <laughs> As I Am. And uh, yeah, that's about eight tracks. So, um, What inspires you to write, to write music? I always wonder th- this about um, songwriters mm. and whatnot. What inspires them to write a song? um emotional intelligence like uh, a lot of a lot of my stuff comes from me assessing like what i feel in that moment and like separating it from me so that i don't make decisions based on emotions but also taking the time to like understand what it is that i feel and why i feel that way so do you take notes of how you feel? Mm-mm, I just write. Yeah, you just write. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is what I feel. Like that's how it, it started with me doing that, not knowing that I was doing it. But it's just like you see the process, and then you look back, and you're like, okay, I felt all these things at that time, and then I got better, or I felt that confident, and then I, you know, I made some mistakes. So it's like it, it helps you to be humble, and you know, I feel like I. I encourage everybody to do the same thing and not just with music though, but like whatever it is, if you do like podcasts, like anything that has a process to it, you can look back and be like, you know, I wasn't perfect at the time. I got better, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, just, mm. yeah. I mean, that's the only way to get better, right? Is mm. To just go just through the process, just yeah. keep doing it. Even if you suck. Yeah, <laughs> I've had those. I sucked for a while, bro. I, <laughs> I suck like, and then you have people talking shit about it. Yeah. Like, oh, he's, so I like, want to be a musician. Yo, I never, I never <laughs> told this story like on live before, but like, oh boy, I was, I remember like one day when I was in college, when I first started like making hip hop music, like I was recording like a beat. I had recorded a beat and like me just rapping over the beat, like on my phone and I was playing it in my car. 
and it was like hot and the windows were down and like this group of kids like pulled up next to me and like I looked at them and then they looked at me and it was like yo that shit garbage and they pulled up <laughs> and I was like and I didn't even know that they could hear this shit <laughs> like I, it was it was that it was that bad but it was, it was, the, it was the process bro it's, it's the process man like that's hilarious uh, do you think it was garbage it probably was. I, I, I mean, it probably was. It wasn't recorded properly. I, I, right. The way I used to write was like, I didn't really know myself like that. So it was like kind of, mm. it's not like they heard the lyrics I was saying, but it takes a while to get your flow right. And a lot of people, before they even take time to listen to the lyrics, it has to just flow well. It okay. has to just sound good, mm -hmm. you know. And then and then they, if it sounds good, they'll play it a couple of times and the lyrics will start to soak in. Right. I know that because that's how I am. Like, if it doesn't sound good, it's not necessarily going to attract my attention. So, yeah. How did you get involved with Opportunity Arts? Was it through her? Yeah, I just saw the way uh, she was working with Mike. Okay. And um, I, I didn't necessarily, like, know what it was at first, but, like, I see positive shit going on, and I'm like, I just want to be a part of it. <laughs> you know, like, if I can yeah. contribute or, like, gain something from it, or hopefully both, like, yeah. you know, then I'll do that. So. Um. I feel like I'm talking to him a lot, but um, I have one one last question. <laughs> I'll do leave you this part. do you feel that um, like a lot of your musicians that come in and uh, want you to produce their music? Do you think that uh, a lot of them come from like a, a like a broken home or like a troubled past? Like what what inspires them to want to come in? And I'm sorry, I missed the first part of that. Do I feel like the people that listen or the people the, that the people that you work with that like I work the with artists, what, the, the what, artists? What do I in? think inspires them? Yeah. Is it their past, their uh, hmm. their environment? I think it varies from person to person. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, let's take Rue, for example, since he's the artist from today's collaboration. Uh, he he comes from a, a, a place, like, largely similar to mine, I believe, where it's, like, just giving a broader perspective on things and uh, uh, trying to <clears throat> understand himself uh, in a deeper way and you got Mila whose art comes from being inspired by the world right uh, by people by social relationships and social issues and stuff mm -hmm. so you know I don't want to speak for you I'm not you know I'm not sure where uh, all of your artwork comes from but from what I've seen it's like that's yeah. accurate yeah you're right <laughs> yeah what what other artwork have you done um geez so it's probably a lot to, yeah <laughs> every artist has a lot um when i was coming back i had wanted to start on so my first my first solo exhibition was in tampa and i moved Tam to tampa specifically just to learn how to do caricatures because the guy who was doing employing caricature artists at bush gardens told me he wouldn't give me lessons he was like oh no i just do that to employees i was like okay i'm gonna wow. move here and he's like you're gonna move from miami here I was like, I mean, if you're not going to teach me, yes. And he was like, don't do that. And I was like, I just need to learn this skill, and I don't want to go read about it. Wow. And so I moved. I was a little bit miserable there, but yeah. but I learned. I came and did what I needed to do. And then I decided to, like, stop doing caricatures at the park for a period of time and just, like, work on a show. And I put together all these collage pieces. So I, like, cut out, you know, for magazines. And instead mm. of cutting out, you know, people cut out, like, flowers and skulls and things. Like, I don't collage like that. I collage based on the colors. So I cut out colors mm. and, like, textures and make them, in like, I essentially paint with them. Okay. So that whole collection was about, like, inspiring people, inspiring entrepreneurs, and just kind of, like, talking about my journey as a person of, like, um, you know, different things that you 
like come into so like one of the pieces was like a tiger's face like it was just like the eyes and I called it like the hunter and I was talking about how um, tigers have like a 1 in 20 success rate when they hunt and like if the hunt if the tiger decided to like stop after the first two tries they're gonna die of hunger right? right so like as an entrepreneur as somebody who's like chasing your dreams like you have to just keep going and like it doesn't matter if you get a thousand no's or a hundred mm-hmm. no's or whatever or sometimes maybe the first time you do it's a yes you right. have to just keep going for it um right. but there was a bunch of different pieces and they all had um completely different meanings but all around that same theme and then i actually had somebody that had met from miami sponsor the show and yeah it just turned into like this huge um kind of like networking thing but it was nice to bring that whole community together and that actually like connected him with some other businesses because you know he wasn't Mm. necessarily like in the community as much as he had wanted to be and i kind of was like hey let me bring the community here and then you can meet everybody (laughs) so yeah so does florida specifically like miami or um you said tampa you were in mm-hmm. do they have a an art scene like yeah like miami my, well miami is like way surpassed what what lands yeah <laughs> but i think that what i do notice like from the artwork that comes out down there which like somebody might take it as disrespectful but um, like Lansing has, I think, original artists, right? Like the people who create here and mm-hmm. a lot, you know, a lot of places have original art. Um, and I see a lot of people like in Miami and these other places mimic other artists. And I think that's sometimes how things start off, right? Like imitation, mm-hmm. you know, you have people like who are painting Bugs Bunny or they paint like Mr. Monopoly and all of these things. Right. Um, and that's, that is actually another artist's work, <clears throat> but they create it and then they spray paint around it uh, or bedazzle it or whatever. So like, yeah. I don't really see that as original artwork. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Um, and it sells, but it's not theirs, right? It, they don't have their yeah. own, um, still takes a little bit of talent to do. Yeah. 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 And I'm, so that's what I'm saying. And I'm not uh, judging people on their uh, talent. It's just like whether it's original or not. So I feel right. like Miami has mm. a lot of hustlers and it, <laughs> there's a lot of hustlers, a lot of people who know how to make money, <laughs> yeah. but you have like specific people who are really like original artists. Um, and then you have like a whole, there's two different types. So you have like whole graffiti scene, which is like in Wynwood and that has like completely gone, uh, uh, just it's out of control like every building is just like from floor to ceiling is covered in graffiti everywhere That's for like cool. at least maybe like maybe like two blocks wide and like six or seven blocks down mm. and it was like a whole area that there wasn't a ton of stuff in because i actually used to live like three minutes from there when i first moved there and then they kind of gentrified the area but now there's all these little like bars and shops and things in these buildings that these artists literally just were like painting over wow so that that's like a whole different group of artists, you know? Right. Um, and it's like street have, art. Exactly, exactly. And then you have fine arts too. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a good it's a good mix. So. But as far as like having an art community, like how like what Mike has created here in Lansing or even in the Mid Michigan area, mm-hmm. um, do, does Florida have that? Yeah, that I you don't discovered? know. I think that like there's not necessarily a community of people. I don't know that everybody's all all connected because I feel like when I was in Tampa, I met a bunch of people who were creative and people were aware of each other. But I don't know that people like linked up to do things or that it wasn't like everybody was kind of moving together. It was kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, I know this person over here does this, and you right. know, like everybody was, felt separate <clears throat> to me. Right. Um, but they did come together every once in a while, so. That's what I thought was kind of cool with, um, like, like uh, Opportunity Arts is all the artists that, at least I have met, seem supportive of 
of everybody's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like a competition. They're not trying to like get one up on the other person or get jealous that somebody else created something better or somebody's artwork is an art prize. Or, you yeah. Know. And mm. I think that that's an important thing too, right? So I feel like if you look at the whole of everything, um, <laughs> people, you know, there's enough for everybody to eat, right? Like what I create, Autumn is not going to create, you know, mm-hmm. or Sarah Sanders is not going to create. But yeah. then at the same time, like the people who are interested in my artwork may not necessarily be interested in their artwork mm-hmm. or, you know, that, and I don't feel like I'm being robbed. Like if somebody right. goes and buys Autumn's earrings, I'm not like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Autumn, stop putting your earrings out. Like, right. no, I think they're cool too. Or if somebody goes and asks Sarah to like do a commission for them, I'm not, oh, I lost the client. Like, no, because I don't do what she does. Right. You know? right. And even knowing, I think familiarizing yourself with other artists helps to be like i know who can do that job best mm. so i have people come and approach me about something <clears throat> but i don't do that but i know somebody who would kill it mm-hmm. you know right. and and then that's good you know that's good business or even you know i'm, I'm sure like with music maybe, maybe somebody would be like oh bro can you make this trap song for me and if you don't necessarily do trap but you'd be like oh, i know somebody <laughs> right. who could really tear that up right and the way i look at it is like i'm on competition so it's mm-hmm. like of course, I'll be worried about like people taking my ideas and stuff like that. But everything, mm-hmm. everything I do, is original and true to myself. So it's like if I do it one time, I can do it again. Right. If I thought of something amazing one time, I can do it again. I can just keep doing it. And at the end of the day, if somebody else tries to do it, you know, if they succeed, cool. It's, it's something positive that I did, so it's gonna help them. And if they don't succeed, it just didn't work out. Like I don't, <clears throat> I don't really get too um. Like, I'm competitive, but I'm competitive with me. Like, how can I get to the best version of of myself? Right. Mm. And I also feel like with, like, plagiarizing, too, like, you know why you made something. Mm. So even if somebody took the idea and tried to, like, facilitate it, they don't, you know what I mean? It doesn't have that touch. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's missing something. It's missing an element. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you come across that with music? Somebody's tried plagiarizing your your songs, Mm. taking your work? No. Not that I know of. No. What about poetry? Chill out, dog. Not yet. I don't really think I'm uh, big enough yet to for to even have to worry about that too much. Mm. Of course, like as an artist, you always want to make sure you protect it. You know, I get my stuff copyrighted and stuff like that. But, okay. But, uh, but no, I haven't really, no. Um but if somebody has or like like I I so I've it's one thing to take from somebody but um inspiring people is like a different thing and so like I've been inspired by people like and I always if I'm inspired by something somebody does I'll you know tell, take the time to tell them like look the thing you did inspired me to do this mm. and you know you just make sure that you accredit them when, right. you, when you do it and that it's also still unique to you it's not just doing the same thing that that they did you know right. um how you keep it respectful and and i don't know you just always pay homage but at the end of the day like uh y'all talk about this piece that um my business partner's mom uh painted called plagiarized by the infinity and it's just basically saying that like everything you can think of has already been created before so it's like nothing i mean you can have original ideas but you just putting your own spin on it at right. the end of the day. It's, you know, somebody somebody thought of it before. That's what I was going to say. It's Music's kind of like one of those things. And I guess even painting is like you have your own little way of doing it, but it's it's kind of amazing that you can still find a new way to do it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like somebody might have painted 
Barack Obama, but you obviously did it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put your own spin on it. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking earlier when you was talking about uh, people doing the uh, like the, the the cartoons and adding to them and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about like with hip hop. Or even with music in general, like a lot, some so many songs these days come from samples of older songs, and like mm-hmm. they still like original songs. So it's like I don't know. It's um, it's just part of it, you know. Paying homage to who you're inspired by. So. Who are you inspired by? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm inspired by like musically or yeah. just like in life. Anyway. Hmm. All right. I feel like I talk about who I'm inspired by musically like every time I'm do, I do an interview. So <laughs> I'm going to just talk about who inspires me in general. Okay. I say my mom. Uh, she's a, a veteran and a, a sheriff downtown Detroit. Wolf. Um, That's a rough job, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. And I, and I just always like tell people like she made sacrifices because like she had me at a younger age. So it's like her whole life is doing what she has to do and like survive yeah exactly so the Mm. idea like entrepreneurship and being an artist is like foreign to her Mm. but she still supports it and i i I made sure she understood like it's almost like i would be like disrespecting the sacrifices she made if i just settled to do something simple and monotonous and like not try to achieve my greatest uh potential you know so her uh who else what is do you, what is being a sheriff in Detroit like? Mm, I don't know. You should, talk to, you should get it, her on the podcast. I should. <laughs> hook, hook me up. Hey, no, she kind of she kind of mean. You don't worry. About it, it. It sounds, you always say that. It sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of mean, but I don't know if you want to talk to her. She might arrest you or something. I don't know. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, uh, mm, it's not like she uh, she's not like DPD where she's pulling people over and stuff. Okay. So she kind of like. She monitors like inmates and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's not too high intensity, but she's been doing it for a long time, so she's done okay. a lot of different stuff within in the, within the department. But, okay. But yeah, yeah, I'm inspired by like I say since we doing podcasts, I'm inspired by Joe Rogan. I listen to mm-hmm. him all the time. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. It's points where like I li- I listen to. He just has like a, a broad variety of artists. Yeah. Like or artists or like entrepreneurs or you know whoever. Um, he's dope. I like Dave Chappelle. Oh, I loved it. Did you see the new special? We were just watching it the other day. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That was good. It's cutthroat, man. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, he, uh, he was the first person to ever make me laugh, like, so hard, like, that I, like, it hurt. Like, I remember, <laughs> like, it was the first, like, the, like, when I was a kid, I was probably, like, like, six or something. I don't, I don't fucking know, but it was the first time I ever remember laughing so hard, it, you ever see like the one where you're talking about like the uh, Sesame Street, the Sesame Street joke? Mm, I don't think so. You should, you should look it up. Just look up Dave Chappelle, Sesame Street. Hilarious, man. <laughs> Hilarious. So, um, yeah, I'm inspired by Mila because she, she has like a vision, you know, and she doesn't like settle to just like do things. It's like it's always like a proper way you can do it, a better way you can do it with her. And I respect that. So, um, yeah, inspiring. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Who are you inspired by? Um, so in the arts, I would say there's one artist I met when I was overseas in the UK, and her name's Sophie T. She's like two years older than me, but she's like on a whole different level. And it's not necessarily like that I'm in love with what she creates. I think she creates cool stuff, but like her drive and the way she goes about business, um, I kind of got the idea of like approaching Inktober from something that she did where. 
it wasn't associated with like any sort of word prompts, but she would just release a new piece of artwork Ooh. every day. And she did them for like a hundred days. Oh my gosh. And she started off doing abstracts and it'd be like a hundred day abstract. And Dang. she would have them at like a cheaper price. I think she's doing like 300 pounds. So completely, <laughs> completely different from what we're doing, but she had oh a huge gosh. following on Instagram. And it would be like, well, I'm doing 100 and then no more. And so she did that. So you that. get it while you can. Yeah, exactly. And then she, you know, chose to like, you know, do a different project. And then she did like 100 nudes. So that's kind of like this last collection that she's been working on. And those all, you know, she painted those all differently. Those went. Um, but yeah, she just, she just, she has a whole team of people. Like she last year, um, went to australia she travels back and forth to australia but she went to australia for like a 10-day trip and got stuck over there and she just came back this year for like three months but when she went over there she was like okay she got a storefront she set up wow. a, a warehouse so now her like business has a whole warehouse in australia that she wow. operates out Ooh. of and they <clears throat> just did like this massive runway show like all the oh, artwork yeah, was yeah, on the wall yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then because like i told you her collection was like all about nudes and like body empowerment she would like reach out and have people fill out applications and like tell their story and then choose those women to come in and she body painted them and they like walk the catwalk so you have wow. like women of all different shapes and sizes disabilities no disabilities that are like walking in front of hundreds of people just like celebrating themselves to and they get to choose the music they walk to and That's it was just cool. like she's just taking it to like a different level um and i also understand like how much can be accomplished when you have more than one person doing things <laughs> So, yeah, I think that that's, like, um, one of my biggest inspiration. Um, also, too, because, like, when you meet somebody in the flesh and you see, like, <clears throat> how they move or you see, like, I always remind myself, you know, I, I feel like I get invited to go places a lot. I get to, you know, invited to parties or people want me to come over. And it's, like, the people who, you know, have not, – I'm not saying that you can't do that if you if you have goals and things, but – like what you choose to invest your time in is, is like what is going to grow. Mm -hmm. So like I do value my friends and value my family and stuff, but also like I have this whole career that I'm trying to do and I value that as well. And I need that to grow. So mm -hmm. like I might have to be in the studio until 3 a.m. and then wake right. up and be back in there at 6 a.m. because that's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, at least that way I can never be disappointed in anybody else except for myself. You um, get what you put in. Exactly. Yeah. And then... Um, another, well, I don't know if I would say necessarily that it was like a person, but there's like a Ted talk that I really like, um, that's by Elizabeth Gibson who wrote like eat, pray, love. Mm. Um, okay. and she was just talking about like how in the creative community, suicide is like, there's a high rate of suicide and because like you create these masterpieces, right? And it might just be like one time you create a masterpiece. And then if you create something that's shit the next day, People gonna be like, whoa, they fell off, or like, you know, Tori, like, if you create a horrible song tomorrow, I'd be like, damn, Tori fucking <laughs> sucks, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But like back in like ancient Greek times, they used to say like genius was like something that would come visit you. Whereas like now in modern day in society, I'd be like, you're a genius, he's a genius, I'm a genius, mm -hmm. like we own that. Right. And she was saying like to be able to have some sort of like divide between you and the creative process allows you to still be like human. And if you don't produce at the rate or at the style or the level that you were before, you don't have to feel bad about yourself. Cause it's not really from you. Like right. it's like you're open enough to be like a vessel for these things to come through. And I feel like that has allowed me to have a lot more confidence as an artist 
because again like with holding toby some days i don't feel inspired at all I and bet. i don't know mm-hmm. yeah like that's mm-hmm. not necessarily my fault like right. you i just inspire yourself yeah some days i gotta like shake my brain and be like something <laughs> come in here but uh but that happens too like you know with commissions and people will be like you know uh can't you just like paint that in a couple of days like realistically I can't, it takes me four days to like paint a portrait or sometimes it can take me two days, but right. I have to be like in it. And if I'm right. not in it, I might have to tell you like it's a four to six week period because how do you, how do you get in it? Is there a process? Mm. Um, music, a lot of times music for me, um, going out and kind of like being in nature, which I don't do as much as I should, but like taking walks. Uh, yeah, it, it's usually that, um, those two things because I don't like smoke, drink, don't mm-hmm. do drugs. And I feel like a you lot drink of coffee, uh, that's a drug, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is a drug. It is that... a drug. <laughs> it's a stimulator for sure. Yeah. But, but... Yeah. No, sometimes coffee be messing me up. I can't even like I tried when I was overseas. I was like, Oh, that's a wine. Like, you know, you see in the yeah. movies and stuff like I have some wine. Wine makes me so shaky. <laughs> like I can't paint. Yeah. Like mm. I just, I can be in the club drinking, but not painting a so painting. So you do drink. You just don't drink. Like. Um, I've had a dry year, so oh. but I don't drink. Um, what made you decide that? Um, just a couple of things. Like I came back from overseas. You know, I don't uh, like I had alcoholism runs in my family, okay. and I've always been very cognizant of that. So when I choose to indulge and in, like you know, I used to smoke when I was younger, but when I drink specifically now. I try to make sure that I'm in the right headspace because I don't ever want it to be like, you know, today sucks, so I'm going to drink. Right. Or even like, I want to celebrate, so I'm going to drink because I might, maybe every day I need to celebrate something. <laughs> uh, and when I lived in Miami, I went through periods of times where I would be like, I didn't drink at all and I like binge drunk. Mm. And I just think that that's a bit messy. Yeah. Know, to be honest. Um, no what, can, we, can we backpedal a little bit? Yeah. To, to, um, you asked there like, what 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 was it that she does to like get in her zone? Like, yeah. Like what? Because I, I want to hear more about that. Like, what, what does she <laughs> have for a process? Yeah, yeah. What's what's what do you find is like the best process to like make for like a productive work session um, for you? <laughs> do you guys still trying to figure that do out? You have to like kind of set things like a certain way. Uh, it, it kind of really depends on like what part I am. I think in the beginning of the process, I need things to be like really clean. You know, I feel like uh, somebody told me one time like if you have a messy environment mm. like you have a messy mind mm. clutter place, so, clutter mind yeah yeah exactly yeah. so when i initially start something out i like to be like clean and like mm. i'm starting <clears> off <throat> new and yeah. sometimes throughout that process things get messy or like you know with a project where you're doing something every single day it's like i yeah. haven't hung this up or this is like here yeah. or whatever but definitely like being able to like regroup um the music thing i really like a lot of neo soul music um mm. when i paint portraits like say I've had clients where they've had a family member pass away. I asked them if there's like any specific music that they, um, that that person liked to listen to, because I feel like it kind of helps me like understand who that person was a little bit more mm. or try to, or like if they have favorite colors, um, or anything. And this was something that I kind of started doing when I did caricatures, because when I do caricatures, if I'm in person with somebody, I can mm-hmm. like ask you questions, right? Or right. like, we really try to make people laugh because like you get a really genuine sense of a person that, right. mm-hmm. um, but then I would have people commission me for caricatures and the person wasn't around. So I'd have to ask all these questions. But then you'd get like real expressions from like, okay, so I get a picture like this, but then I, I know that this person likes this. And then when they would get it, they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, this really does feel like the person. So even with doing portraits, although that's a different type of, you know, depiction of somebody, 
I still find that it's like super important. Um, so I guess I kind of, what do they say? Like with actors, they try to like become the person. Like I don't mm. necessarily try to become my subject, but I try to put myself in the mind space. Like, is it going to be a happy piece <clears throat> or it's, or it's going to be kind of moody or right. it's of somebody. Mm. And I try to really think about that. Or I did a piece for a local business owner this summer and her husband was telling me that she liked, you know, a specific quote. And then I started looking at more quotes that I felt like fit that. And I actually took her like one day, I was like, oh, let's go grab coffee. And it was just like, I needed to just kind of like soak up as much of her energy as possible to be like this. Like now I understand. Now I feel it. Um, this, it's not, I'm like, that's so creepy right now. That, that, that makes, that, <laughs> like, that makes a lot of sense. Energy. You're, you're trying to, trying to get the feel for how somebody, um, their, their personality and what they're like so that you can paint the portrait or painting, mm-hmm. um, to their personality. Right. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Yeah, so that is a uh, that's good time makes good sense. Oh, I thought you were trying to get the snow globe. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> no. Um, that's just a paperweight. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I had a guy on who his name's Rich Griffin, and uh, he works for Good Time Makes Good Sense, and <clears throat> essentially they're trying to push legislation for people who um, are in prison to have good good like the good behavior counts towards their time. So um, like let's say they have you know eight years of good behavior they have eight years taken off their sentence uh, don't they already do something like that or no 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 i've I've heard of people getting out on like getting out early on good behavior not in michigan not in michigan no because the way he was explaining it was that michigan they they used to have something like that but then they took it away Mm. and so what they do now is um when when they're sentenced to like let's say that you'll get like 15 to 20 years you always serve the 20. You never serve 15. Mm. And then then there's like a processing time where you're, you don't necessarily get out in 15 or 20 years. Right. You, you might stay in jail for another year right. until you're processed. Processing, yeah. So, yeah, I just met somebody recently, actually, when I did Art Prize. And um, we were just talking about like how fucked up the system is. And he told me he had recently got out. And he was like... You know, they make the papers really confusing because he took a plea deal, right? And mm. he was like, they told me my plea deal was like five months, <clears throat> five, six months to maybe like three years. And he was like, at that point, like, because I think he got arrested when he was seven. No, when he was, because he, he said he got out when he was 21. So what is that? He, he got arrested when he was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying that, like, he just signed it, right? Because he's like, if it's less time, cool. Right. But then the maximum sentence was like seven years. So, of right. course, he signed the plea deal. He but served then, seven. Yeah, well, no, he served the three years. Oh, so, he okay. signed the plea deal. But oh, it was oh, like, right, it was right. the maximum okay. time of the plea deal. Okay. And <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I mean, and I don't even know that he had a lawyer president or anything. Like, oh, he just was like gosh. eager. But I had another friend that recently got locked up and um they the way they explained it to him was like confusing they're like oh you'll do 18 months but he had two charges so they didn't tell him he was doing two charges and both of them were 18 months oh my god so he's got three years too but he and so he did get 18 months but it's for right, two each. separate charge yeah exactly <laughs> oh my gosh so but yeah, obviously they don't crazy. make that stuff clear because right. why would they right <laughs> especially like when you're 17 years old and mm-hmm. you're just like i, I just I, I don't want to go to jail right mm-hmm. you know you're scared <clears throat> So you you just sign it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're completely taking advantage of that. Yeah. Did you see that movie that uh, was about the boys in New York that they all got falsely convicted for like raping a woman in Central Park? Yeah. I think I it came out. I don't like, think I seen it. Two years ago. Yeah. So this is like a real story. Oh, I think this God. was in the nineties, um, the nineties or the eighties. But like 
there was a woman that was raped in Central Park and um, they there was like a bunch of kids out that night and stuff and they found like five teens and the woman I don't know if the woman had made a statement that it was like five teens or they just like so, something wasn't right anyways mm-hmm. um, and so they all like served their sentence you know they all got arrested even right. one of the boys he was taking one of his friends he like went to take one of the friends down to the station because he got called in and then he ended up getting roped into it and he wasn't even there because he was called in and he had like i think he was like a little bit delayed so he didn't understand and he ended up serving the most time of all of them and he literally was there oh to take them. it was so messed up but um they're i think they're all still alive now and they all got like these huge settlements because oh, hey. That, but it's but, probably not enough. Well, yeah, you know, and they've right. spent, I think they got, like, one of the one of them got, like, life sentence. So you've been in jail 30, right. 40 years or 20 years something. And, um, I mean, your life is half over because yeah. most of them went in before they were even 18. Yeah. It's just. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, the guy that, uh, uh, Rich Griffin, the guy who works for Good Time Makes Good Sense, he went in as a uh, juvenile lifer. Oh, mm. fuck. So he didn't get out until he was, like, late 30s. And he went in, I think, when he was, like, 16. Wow. And he's like, everybody asks me, like, how how did you survive? He's like, the que- like the answer to that question is, I, I didn't survive. You know, it it broke me, you know, and it made me who I am today. But yeah, you know, in, in the meantime, he went to college. He got a pretty good education and came out pretty educated. <laughs> yeah, it was a good podcast. Good. It was a good episode. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I think uh, I, there was a girl I met this summer. Well, not this summer, this spring, and she does like expungement fairs out mm. in Grand Rapids. Um, and we were just talking about like all the charges that people could get removed, but it's sad because, you know, you spend time and you're supposed to be like having this time to grow yourself and, you know, I guess learn from whatever you did wrong. If you actually did do something wrong and then you get out and you still have like a cloud over your head and it's like, can you really get out from under that when you have to put that on all your documents? If you want to get a job application, if you want to get an apartment, if you want to, and like, you're still pigeonholed by something that was you know, supposedly you're, yeah. you have already paid your yeah. time to society. Yeah, you're still you're still serving time. Yeah. Um, I talked to a lady at the Fledge. Do you know what the Fledge is? Mm, we actually saw yeah. Jerry today at lunch. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Just ran into him. Yeah, we went to a, an event a couple of weeks ago. Um, Erica Munchback put on. Oh, okay. And uh, when September ends. Okay. And uh, they had, uh, I can't remember, Chow Hall? I think that's the name of the business. Mm. Anyways, the lady started this business based on the food that she would eat or make in prison. Mm. And because like in prison, you can't have uh, yeast because you can make alcohol with it. Mm-hmm. So they had to learn how to make it, make bread and stuff a different way. And so everything that she makes is inspired from the food they made in prison. Wow. And uh, one of the workers that worked for her, I, I actually invited her on the podcast. I got to schedule her yet, but she i was like how are you how are you doing since you've been out she's like barely making it she's Mm. like it's it's hard you know because they don't they just let you go and they don't really give you any like rehabilitation yeah they don't rehabilitate you like out out in society there's a lot of parallels with that um me being in the military like mm, you come back from overseas you need that rehabilitation and they offer that sometimes Mm -hmm. Sometimes, I mean, I think usually, I think all the time, maybe not right away, <laughs> but, right. but there it are it is programs out there, but... But you got to look for them, right? Mm, yeah, well, I mean, they set us up for something. My problem was, like, when I came back from mines, it was, like, not immediate. Like, it wasn't, like, right after. Like, by the time we had the rehabilitation thing, it was, like, 
a couple months down the line so i was, I was dealing with my own shit. i right. pretty much find a way to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> right uh but i mean they do offer resources and it is like a lot of people providing resources like this for mm -hmm. for that specific purpose so right you gotta look for them sometimes though yeah 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 i think it's cool that there's programs like this out there willing to help people um unfortunately this is a political issue mm -hmm. you know so they got to try to push push their legislation get signatures and oh, get get people yeah. who are in in the government to back back it and whatnot it's, right. it's a huge ordeal yeah mm. so I, when he came on i was like give me a stack and i'll i'll pass them out to people on the podcast so yeah, so yeah there's we'll actually there's a, a barcode on the back if you're interested you can scan it and okay. then um just sign their petition online but. all right but my phone's dead right now um one thing i wanted to ask you is because a lot of artists uh any artists really musicians uh painters draw people who draw anybody <laughs> um they suffer from like mental illness or they come from like rough backgrounds and that's oftentimes what inspires their artwork mm -hmm. is this something you guys maybe struggle with or find mm. we're both mentally ill <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you want to go first or you want me to go first no you got it <laughs> <laughs> um i definitely like have anxiety for sure okay. um and i guess i see that you know, somebody explained that to me once. It's like, it's a spectrum between anxiety and depression. They're on the same spectrum. Like, you can either be super anxious or you're, like, super depressed. Or then you have, like, this even tone that, like, you're not necessarily ever in. Right, <laughs> just right. occasionally. And I think that when I was younger, I just assumed, like, my the, the positive side of my anxiety was, like, my creativity. And I'm mm. like, oh, I'm super creative. And I have thoughts come to me, like, all the time. But now I'm, like... I think this is a problem because there's nights where it's like I can't sleep because I'm just thinking and thinking and I'm like wow I'm super creative <laughs> but it's also like I should be sleeping right now right. and I can't shut it off right. so um I started creating because it's like a way to cope with the world and things that happen around me and I was like I don't necessarily understand the stuff that's happening but like let me like do what I you know how Tori was talking about like emotional intelligence he felt something mm -hmm. so he wrote it down I'm mm -hmm. like I'm feeling things so let me draw it out and then I'm like okay now I get maybe this is how I feel about that and then getting a little bit older it'd be like now I have things coming to me and I'm like not necessarily understanding what they are so again let me like put them down and yeah so I would say yes um yes I struggle with that <laughs> uh for sure, I think that a lot of artists that I know struggle with something. Mm -hmm. um, That's what I found. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I feel like everybody to a degree has something, but you know, you'll have people who'll be like, oh, I'm not creative. And I don't know that pe people can actually not be creative. I think that people cannot be open to like introspection in a way that produces something right or or that their introspection they're not proud of. So like everybody can paint, but mm -hmm. you might not be happy or you might feel like you put something on that canvas and that doesn't reflect like what you were trying to put out. Mm. And now you feel like you're not creative. Right. Well, like maybe you're just not communicating properly with what came out. Like maybe that needed to be there, but you don't understand it. That'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> but look at this whole house. Did you wipe through all of this? <laughs> this whole house is creative. Yeah, I was looking at the you. wall. I was like, this is a nice little wall. You got purple. Okay. <laughs> Their yeah. bathroom is really nice, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I wasn't gonna say nothing, but yeah, it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> I, I said it on the way out too. I was like, "Thank you, your bathroom's beautiful." <laughs> but um, I so I always look at it like you have uh, you got like two different types of artists, and this was just my way of looking at it. So you got like a selfish artist, and you have the selfless artist. And when I say selfish, I don't mean that in a negative context, but the self the selfish artist is like, okay, maybe I have depression or anxiety. My art is me dealing with that. It might not necessarily be uplifting and like um, inspiring and things like that, but um, other people who are dealing with those issues can hear it and relate to it, or at the very least be like, oh, there's somebody else dealing with this too. I'm not alone. Um, and then, and then on the contrary, with the with the selfless artist, um, I, I say like uh, like Bryce the Third. Um, he is intentionally putting out uplifting music like with the with with the intention behind it like i want to uplift people mm. i want to put positive thoughts out there specifically to encourage and empower people so i and i think like both are equ like equally important like you need you need to have both so because i've had artists where it's like where it's like damn this didn't this didn't spark the flame and make me want to get a bunch of shit done <laughs> but i definitely needed to hear this shit like just for my own like mental like you know um processing right um an example would be uh xxx and like when i was deployed i discovered his music and it actually helped me through like a really hard time in my life um but but yeah uh, was it hard just being away from home and family <clears throat> yeah yeah Sheesh, I gotta like unpack that for a minute because it was like <laughs> it's, it's been a while. But um, I'm like I'm generally like I keep to myself a lot, and you know it's it's like growing pains of uh of like being a young adult. You feel me? And then and then you know having relationships back home, and then going trying to do like the long distance relationship type thing. But then also like not having the healthiest like relationships with the people that's around you because you're so wrapped up with 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 what's going on back home and trying to maintain that mm -hmm. it, it it definitely put me in a weird space like where i was like not knowing how to deal with it yeah so but i i try to i try to be on both sides of the spectrum though like with the whole selfish and the selfless thing because i I've, I've dealt with some things that i've had to figure out i've been dealt with everything you know what i'm saying i'm sure it's right. stuff that people have gone through that i haven't experienced so for those people, I also try to make music where it's like, hey, I don't necessarily know what you're going through, but I know that you can get through it. I know that there's people that you can talk to that can help you get through it. I know it's 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 healthy to be creative. Like we do um open mic every Tuesday in Detroit, and we always, or I'm sorry, every other Tuesday. Okay. And we always like the main thing we we start with is like having a prompt. And like everybody just writes for the first like 10, 15 minutes of the open mic because it's a healthy exercise to express whatever you, you, you may be going through. Or even if you don't want to talk about it, it's like, you okay, you come here, you see some stuff. So, of course, of course, that's good. But you're leaving with something that came from you. Mm -hmm. But you just in a, were in a space, a safe space to articulate it or at least just write it down for yourself. That's cool. Yeah. It's important, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think everybody should write things down. Mm -hmm. I, sh I should definitely do it way, way more often. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, it's good to just write down your thoughts and your feelings, and mm -hmm. that way you can kind of reflect back on it later. Yeah, right? that's how I got into the spoken word, uh, the the poetry community in Detroit. Cause like, 
obviously I rap, um, but rap is kind of like poetry, but but rhythm my, and poetry. <laughs> <laughs> rap is an acronym for rhythm and poetry. Yeah, shout, <laughs> shout out Hakeem, the, po- uh, the yeah, people's poet. Yeah, you cannot do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like my first spoken word piece was just me writing down emotions, but like with spoken word, it's, it's really just about like confidence and rhythm, not necessarily rhyming. Mm-hmm. And so it, it had, you know, those elements. So right. I didn't even realize and start performing it until like a couple of years after I wrote it, I still had it because it, it just felt nice to to say, to get that shit out, you know? But then I started looking back like, oh, this is probably something that pe- a lot of people would relate to. And, you know, I can, I can, I can use this as a performance piece. So I started doing it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we are an hour and almost 20 minutes in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn, really? Yeah. That was quick. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um, so I guess, uh, real quick, mm. uh, would, what, what, what would you guys like to tell the audience as far as like inspiration? Um, mm. like artistically, <clears throat> what would you want to leave, leave them? Do something different tomorrow, today. Do something different today. Like right now, after you listen to this, just do something different. Like something different. Yeah, some some like one of the things that you do every day, you always do it the same way. Just do it different. See what happens. Yeah, fail forward. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like, I like fail that. forward, not yeah. fall forward. Just yeah. fail forward. Yeah, because at yeah. least you're still moving. And that's how things evolve, mm. right? Yeah, exactly. You just kind of learn what works and what doesn't. Mm. Oh, exactly. Okay. Right. Right. That worked. That didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh. Oh, you I thought you was going to get out of it, huh? <laughs> 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 oh, I'm trying to think of, like, uh, what's my favorite thing? Oh, I have, like, this motto that I, I wrote on Ali's parking lot. That says, oh, yeah, yeah, I love Life that. is meant to be lived, not survived. Man. So I think that, um, like, mortality is real, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have one life. So if you go your whole entire life being miserable, like, that's a waste. So even though it might be difficult to, like, step out and be out there, like, you might as well do it, right? <laughs> it, and that, and that's something uh, that I, I'm going to say I struggle with um, because I work a I work a, a job that takes a lot of hours. I work a lot of overtime. I have a family, got a house, got things to take care of. Like con- it's constantly something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to find that balance of like enjoying life and being able to just like, all right, I need to put that stuff away and go play <coughs> go play with the kids or mm-hmm. whatever. You just enjoy. it's hard yeah balance well and i think too like being in the present moment right so like even i feel like with me sometimes i get caught up and i'm like real like and in the last year like i started um i did hypnotherapy when i came back from overseas because i really needed like i really needed to do that (laughs) and then in hindsight after you know i've realized that there's like meditations i can do that are like five minutes or ten minutes and mm-hmm. even taking that five minutes for myself like i never used to do that yeah. and being like you know what i'm just gonna sit here for five minutes because i could walk back and forth through the kitchen and that would be five minutes right but like if i spend intentional time in that five minutes i end up feeling better for like six hours after <laughs> right. you know yeah. so just little things like that i think uh yeah i think everybody moves really fast with, with yeah. the what you say uh, life is meant to be lived um like you so she doesn't like to like promote this uh as one of her talents but she's a poet and she has this one piece um that i don't remember the name of but she said she said something that like hit me like like and i don't remember exactly what she said but it was to the effect of uh like even if even if all this shit goes wrong like at least we were able to experience like because everything that i mean i speak for myself everything that i do is like coming from 
good intentions and like like trying to make something positive and, mm-hmm. and help other people so it's like and that, and things don't always pan out the way it's supposed to but because of my my intentions are set in the beginning it's like even if it doesn't work out i can still be grateful for the connections that i made in the process and you know just just having the experience of whatever it was or may have been so do you remember you know which, which part i'm talking about yeah oh man it doesn't have a name <laughs> yeah. do you remember it, it? Yeah, well, I mean, I have it in my phone. It's, yeah, can I you can read tell, it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's end it with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, real quick, though, before we do that, uh, let's plug your guys' social media. Okay. Bet. How can they find Inktober? Um, <clears throat> how can they find your guys' work? So uh, you can follow either one of us. Uh, my Instagram is I am Gray, uh, like I A M G R A Y, okay. uh, with two underscores. Uh, Mila is uh, at Mind of Mila, so M I N D O F. M-I-L-A. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you have a website as well, right? Which is mindamila.com. Okay. So. And then is, is that where they can find your artwork and buy it? Or? Yeah, they can buy prints on there. All the Inktober stuff is strictly just available on Instagram. Instagram. Okay. So you got to create like a Finsta if you don't want to have your own Instagram. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. You said it the other day. What is Finsta? Fake, I still don't know. A fake Instagram. Oh, oh fake Insta. Oh, I, I thought it was like a different app. That's a thing? That's a real thing? I don't know. People <clears> have like, one of my friends had one, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to make one. And then I made one. I never did anything with it. But, but then isn't it not, fa- not fake then if you created it? Like, it's it? like, it's <laughs> not your profile. Like, oh, people just okay. like, my my friend has one that's like, Me a man catfishing, with. <laughs> but it's not, like, you don't post any pictures to it. It'll be like that stuff where it'll be like, one, like, one follower. Oh. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, this is a spam account. Yeah. Really, it's probably somebody's girlfriend who's like stalking somebody. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, my one friend does it. She's crazy. Oh, but. my God. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. All right, we'll have you read that and we'll end it. Okay. All right. All right. I like I like ending it like that. Man. So uh so you gotta close your eyes though. Okay. Sheesh. You do too, Tori. I'm ready for it. <laughs> okay. This is actually a feature on one of the one of the things that we did this year. So it goes I am a spirit by nature, entirely. I climb to the highest peaks, I throw my arms out, let the wind take my breath completely and allow my ego to dissipate, because to live is to be free, and to free that which exists around you. I once found myself at the top of a cliff fantasizing about the journey down. If I jumped, would I fly? Could I float? If I jumped, would I fall slowly just as a leaf falls to the ground? I don't believe in living just a bit. I must live with my whole heart, and that is why I often find myself at these cliffs wondering if I shall jump. Wondering if this cliff, too, will bring me to my death. I remember the feeling of jumping. I have never been filled with so much bliss and confidence. I reached out for something I could only feel, but yet was realer than anything my eyes could see. I felt the colors. I felt the rainbow of memories, new and old, flushing through my irises. Bliss. Bliss, how sweet it is. I fell fast and yet slowly at the same time. There were years encapsulated in my jump, and although they are now just quick moments by memory, I jumped with my back to the ground, and perhaps in hindsight, that's why falling was never scary. I never saw the end. I never thought about what it would feel like to hit rock bottom. As I neared the earth, my body began to feel cool. The colors started to fade, and I was engulfed in a foreboding of halt that I forgot to consider when jumping. What was once the most joyous of experiences turned into a pit I was sure to disappear into. I lost myself, just a silly girl jumping off a cliff. And in that abyss, I died. It was quick, and I knew it as soon as it happened. But yet, I still felt. 
My soul wandered these hidden unknown spaces, searching for the color it once felt in a current. Then I opened my eyes. I looked down over a cliff I was sure I had just fallen from and saw the crashing waves. I saw the uncertainty in the terrain below and I asked myself, could I really be considering jumping again? If I know experiencing the greatest happiness my heart has ever known means being at peace that it must come to an end, be that rapid or long, would I dare to fall? I looked out ahead of me and there were all these memories, colors, all those feelings again, just dancing across the sky like a symphony from the gods themselves. I glanced over my shoulder and there was nothing. Life wasn't still, it wasn't quiet, it was simply nothing. And to myself, I thought, I can't exist here with these invisible, tangible things. Oh, I can't exist without these invisible yet intangible things. There is nothing here without them. My toes met the edge of the grassy cliff. I reached out and felt the feelings run across my fingertips like braille in the breeze. And I understood. I took a deep breath and I jumped once more with my back to the ground. I fell so freely. I fell without a care in the world. I passed through every emotion the wind could blow through me and a smile began to wrap around my heart. As I looked to either side, I saw souls falling with me as well. The brave who chose to live. The brave that chose to experience, although it was certain to come to an end. As we fell, a golden dust remained in the air we had just passed through, now lingering in that air forever. I learned this as legend. The next souls to fall would pass through this cloud of magic and know we were here. Our particles will cling to them and reflect the golden light that shine upon our faces because we chose to fall facing the sun. They will know freedom. They will know we mattered. The brave that chose to embrace the inevitable. In that moment, I saw all the oranges, reds, greens, pinks, yellows of our leaves slowly floating to the bottom. We were blessed by the universe to fall in a way that was so beautiful so unrushed that when we finally hit the bottom, we were okay to know it was over. Mm. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, guys. Yeah. Peace. Beautiful.